Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. Here's something that caught my eye this week. The UK's National Risk Register, which scores what The Economist newspaper calls, quote, the many varied and sometimes splattery ways in which Britons might be wiped out, unquote. You know, things like nuclear miscalculation, a marauding terrorist attack, or yes, pandemic. This is an official government report. Each risk is assessed on two dimensions, likelihood and impact. Sounds just like credit. According to the overseer, the reader will take comfort in knowing that the register plays a vital role by focusing on the UK's collective resilience, something that will allow the country to build an even brighter future. What's not to love? This week, our three things are, one, the Fed's forecast. There's a lot to unpack there. Two, trouble down below. Underneath the large caps and liquid bonds, there are issues. And three, CEO confidence. This correlates well with economic growth. We've got an updated view courtesy of the Business Roundtable. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. By now, you've probably read a slew of comments regarding Wednesday's FOMC meeting. So at the risk of piling on with a dated view, we thought there are some important takeaways for credit market participants. Starting with the Fed's forecast, it stretches credibility. Acknowledging the suboptimal origin of the forecast, which is really medians of 19 different viewpoints on a variety of metrics that may or may not stitch together well, it's hard to imagine that in an environment where the policy rate is over 5% for the full year 2024, a soft landing will ensue. Think about what that means. A full year where mortgage rates are 7%, where business loans are 8 to 12%, and where credit card loans are around 24%. In terms of spending or investment, think about what gets pushed out or postponed as a result of that rate framework. Business CapEx, consumer durable goods. Think about what struggles under that burden. Highly leveraged corporates, the 60% of U.S. households that live paycheck to paycheck. Now factor in the laundry list of headwinds on top of higher rates. $100 a barrel oil. Student loan repayments the end of excess savings, and the end of easy borrowing from banks. Labor strikes, government shutdown, Russia's war, China's disruptive redefinition. Against all of this, the majority of the FOMC believes another 25 basis points hike will be warranted by year-end. We get a sense the Fed's messaging is increasingly reactionary. As in, everyone's talking about a soft landing. We need to get that in there. Or, inflation is coming down with little impact on employment. Maybe immaculate disinflation is really a thing. But here's where I think it got real for Chair Powell. When asked in the presser if soft landing is now the Fed's baseline, he was visibly rattled, as if his dissertation had been exposed. No, he stammered. It's as if he knew the story really didn't hold up. Here's the piece of it that will. We're going to be restrictive for longer than most people believe is necessary because in the wake of the transitory disaster, the FOMC's incentive, the very human response, is to overshoot. And the target remains 2%. There is no tolerance, apparently, for inflation to settle down above the target. That implies two things. One, expect more of an impact of future growth than is implied in the summary of economic projections. And two, 
expect the Fed's pendulum to swing back toward the maximum employment side of the dual mandate, i.e. cut rates, sooner than the Fed has implied. That means, despite all the soft landing suggestion, we're still data-dependent, and the data will come under pressure, we believe, over the next six to nine months. All right, on to our second thing, trouble down below. Let's face it, it's a large-cap world. How are stocks doing? Great, up 27% on the year and climbing. B of A's bearish quant strategist just took her S&P year-end target up. Over in credit, it's kind of the same story. The Bloomberg Ag is down to 116 basis points, right where it was in 2019. It's all good. Is it? Is it really all good? Well, not so much. The equal-weighted S&P 500 is up 3% year-to-date. The Russell 2000, that measure of the growth engine of the American economy, small caps, is up 1.5% year-to-date and has ripped through its 200-day moving average. The index is down 11% since August 1st and back to where it was at year-end 2020 in the middle of the Delta variant. Remember the Delta variant? The NFIB Small Business Optimism Index is bouncing around the level seen in April 2020, the height of the COVID concern. The MSCI Cyclical Sectors Index has rolled over. Dow Transports have fallen 9% since the end of July. Banks have fallen 11% since then. Homebuilder sentiment has hit a five-month low. Commodities X Energy have rolled over. All of this is consistent with what's intuitive, knowing that the bright lights of large caps and liquid bonds sometimes blind us. The read of the broader market data tells us that we are headed into what probably is the most challenging part of the credit cycle, where much of the bite of monetary tightening is in front of us. Yes, those long and variable lagged effects. The good news here is that we should not ignore the strength in large caps. Maybe the big getting bigger over the past couple of decades has swung the growth pendulum back in favor of large caps and liquid bonds. Well, time will tell. But in the meantime, the moral of this story is don't lose sight of the full picture. All right, on to our third thing, CEO confidence. One of the defining features of this economic contraction is how well it's been telegraphed, even if the Fed had to play catch-up in 2022. That means company managements have had plenty of warning to get their respective houses in order. Get out there proactively instead of reactively, which is the case when there is an economic shock. That instinct has helped buoy, in our opinion, corporate earnings growth in the relatively turbulent seas of the past 18 months or so. So in macro credit, we try not to lose sight of what managements are saying and seeing. And if you look over time, there is a rather close correlation between what managements are seeing and doing and what is actually happening in the economy. One of the more useful measures we follow is the Business Roundtable CEO Economic Outlook Index. By way of background, the Roundtable surveys CEOs on their company's expectations for sales, capex, and hiring over the next six months. We got our latest results this past week based on responses from August 23rd through September 8th. The overall index dropped modestly in Q3, remaining below its long-term average, consistent with a slowing U.S. and global economy. The index has fallen in five of the last six quarters, which just happens to coincide with the Fed's hiking cycle. Coincidentally, the survey's employment sub-index has followed a similar pattern. In the most recent survey, 32% of CEOs surveyed expected to scale back headcount over the next six months, while 27% expected to increase. CEOs were more optimistic on the outlook for sales in CapEx, where 67% and 33% of CEOs surveyed 
expected increases over the next six months, well ahead of those expecting decreases. The roundtable characterized the economy as, quote, slowing, not stalling, unquote. That's a useful reminder amidst the laundry list of things to be concerned about, which we talked about earlier, and that growth is still expected to remain positive in 2024, and ultimately that's constructive toward all but the riskiest parts of the credit market. But stay tuned. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, the Fed's forecast. The outcome is unclear. The strategy, higher for longer, is more fixed. Two, trouble down below. Underneath large caps and liquid bonds, there are more unsettling trends. And three, CEO confidence. This correlates well with economic growth. And on the margin, CEOs are defensive. As always, thanks for joining. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our ratings reports and our latest research. We'll see you next week. Hello, listeners. Join me, Van Hesser, KBRA's chief strategist for in-depth conversations with credit experts in my new monthly podcast, Leading Voices in Credit, where I'll interview market professionals on the latest trends in credit markets. That's Leading Voices in Credit with Van Hesser. Subscribe now.